It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I'm a minister at the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri, and every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and Thursday evenings at 7 p.m., we try to come online and bring you a message from God's Word. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, we sure do appreciate you watching, and we hope that you uh, enjoy uh, the sermon that we're going to give this evening, and uh, perhaps uh, you might like it and share it and help us to spread this Word throughout the whole world. If you need to get a hold of me, and through any means, just leave a comment in the comment section. Whether you have a sermon idea or a question about it, I'll be glad to respond. Perhaps you're listening by the radio show or through other means. You can reach out to me by calling or texting 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Keep in mind, I'm in the central time zone. Or you can drop me an email at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Okay, this evening, what are we going to talk about? Well, this is a pretty important lesson because we're going to talk about stealing. And now most people understand that stealing's wrong. You know, I'm 60 years old, but I still remember things from when I was pretty young. And uh, before I was even in kindergarten, there was a lesson taught to me that I have never forgotten. And I remember going across the field. We had fields around our house. And and, uh, a friend of mine named uh, Denny, he lived across the field. And, of course, I went over there to play with him. And back then, you know, it wasn't no big deal for a kid to go across the field, even when he's not in kindergarten. I mean, it was safe. I got to Denny's house, nobody was there, but out in the yard, I saw a toy of his that I wanted to play with. So I grabbed it and took it home, showed it to my mother, said, this is where I found it and it's mine now. And she tried to explain to me, I can't take that. That belongs to Denny and we got to take it back. And so I got marched back over to Denny's house and uh, had to confess to taking the toy And all the while, I didn't understand why I didn't get to keep it. But they were trying to explain to me that that's that's stealing and that's wrong. And so that was my first lesson about stealing. I'm not so sure it registered at that age, but that was my first lesson. Needless to say, at 60, I understand it's wrong now. Uh, You can't steal. If you look at the picture on the uh, uh, display, you know, you'll see a thief running away from a policeman. That's what's going to happen. If you try to steal from somebody, the police are going to come looking for you and you're going to more than likely get locked up. So you can't steal from people. I understand that. Uh, Unfortunately, it's the other forms of stealing that I think we can be blind to. You know, it's, it's easy to sit there and say, well, you know, let's say we're eating lunch together and I reach over and grab your apple and take it. Well, that's stealing. And we can easily define that. But there's other ways to 
display stealing that we might be oblivious to. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about some things that uh, forms of stealing that we might not be aware of. Now, in Exodus 20 and verse 15, we read the eighth commandment given to Moses. Written with the finger of God, thou, you shall not steal. God doesn't like it. Uh, he doesn't want us to do it. It's reiterated in the New Testament. Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians 4 and verse 28, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So stealing was uh, forbidden under the Mosaic law and under Christ as well. God doesn't like it. He doesn't want us to do it. And we understand that. We know that that's wrong. Now, if you define it, and I guess we ought to define stealing, and it is simply taking something that doesn't belong to you. Uh, I'll read from the Oxford, Oxford languages so there's no uh, disagreement. It says, take another person's property without permission or legal right and without intending to return it. Well, I don't think I needed a dictionary to look that up. That's what stealing is. And I think most people understand that is wrong and we cannot do that. But what a lot of people miss is that stealing is just as wrong as any other sin when it comes to our relationship with God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul uses this scripture to lay out some sins that we many times quote as being very, very bad, and they are bad by man's standards. But as we read this, I want you to notice there's something including in this that has the same punishment. Paul says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, if you're a thief, you're not going to heaven. And somebody might say, well, I, I may steal from time to time. I might steal something little. That don't make me a thief. Mm, yeah, you're a thief. Now, once you start stealing, doesn't matter how expensive it is. If you're taking something that doesn't belong to you, you're a thief. And the only way that you can change that is to repent. But what I find interesting about this passage is these are mentioned right after the, the sin of homosexuality, which so many of us quote as being so bad from this passage. It is bad. It's wrong. But so is stealing. And I don't want us to lose sight of that fact. Both of those sins are going to result in one not being able to go to heaven. <clears throat> and so we want to make sure that we're not stealing. Now, in Romans chapter 2, verse 17 through 24, it's a good passage. And Paul is trying to make a point to the Jews. And oh, well, let's just go ahead and read the passage because I think the passage just explains itself. He says, if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, 
having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? Now, this is getting into the crux of the lesson. While you preach against stealing, do you steal? Ah, oh, that's there we go, right there. He goes on, you who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. I think all of us try to teach our children not to steal. But yet there may be items that we're stealing where we may not be considering it stealing, but it is stealing. And so I think that's exactly what Paul's trying to get across here. To You guys are hypocrites is what he's saying. You're preaching against stealing, but you're stealing. And so that's what we got to be careful about, especially when we're teaching children, because children can really see hypocrisy. And so we need to be careful about that to make sure that we're not committing the same crime. Now, with uh, this lesson, we're going to talk about ways in which we might steal from God, which we're not aware of. We might steal from government. We might steal from our employer, or we may steal from an employee. We may steal from our mate. We may be stealing from a brother in Christ. We're going to talk about these five points Six, really, I guess, if you consider employer and employee as separate. But the reason being is not that this is an exhaustive list, but it's to get you thinking. It's to uh, provide you with a uh, jump start. So when you are examining your life to make sure that you're living in accordance with the faith, you start thinking about that. Hey, am I am I a hypocrite when it comes to these other things? Am I stealing? in some form or fashion. Now, when it comes to stealing from God, some people may be thinking, well, that's impossible. That can't happen. How do you steal from God? I can't go up into heaven and take some of his treasures away from him. Well, in Joshua chapter 7, we have the example of one who did steal from God. If you remember when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan River into the Promised Land, one of the first places that they conquered was uh, uh, Jericho, and Jericho had those tall walls. And so the Lord had told Joshua to have the Israelites march around the city uh, once each day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they're to march around it seven times and at the end, not say a word, and then at the end of the seventh uh, circle, there would be a big loud trumpet blow and they'd all shout, the walls would come down, and then they would go in and make ways to uh, those who were living in the city. But the Lord said, make sure you don't take of the spoils. He goes, the spoils go into my treasury. And he said, those, those spoils have been consecrated for me. In other words, set apart. They're mine, is what the Lord's saying. I'm giving you the city. I want the spoils. You put those in my treasury. All right, well... There was a uh, Israelite who didn't do that, and his name was Achan. And after they went into the city, he took some of the spoils and went back to his tent, dug a hole, and buried them. In the meantime, Joshua sent a small 
fraction of troops up to AI to conquer them. He didn't think he needed his whole army since that was a small group of people. But they were turned back. AI chased them away. And Joshua was embarrassed because the whole world was seeing this, and he was just he just didn't understand why the Lord wasn't with them. And in Joshua 7 and verse 11, the Lord answers them. He says, Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them, and they have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. So Joshua sets out to find out who did this, and each man is questioned until they come to Achan, and Achan confesses to taking these things. They go to his tent, and they are buried uh, underneath the uh, ground. And so they take Achan and his family and, and his livestock, and they are uh, burned. They're killed, stoned, and a whole heap of stones is piled up on top of them. And that's what happened to, to a uh, Achan. Uh, because he stole from God. And so it, I use the story just to illustrate it's possible we can steal from God. Now in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8 and 9, we read the same thing that where the Lord gets on to the priest of Israel. He says, well, man rob God. He goes, yeah, you are robbing me. They were stealing from God. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he goes, in your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me the whole nation of you. Okay. They were not giving him all the money that he was supposed to be getting in their tithes and contributions. And so they were robbing from God. And so I just use this passage to show you, yes, you can steal from God. There are certain things that are consecrated to God. And it's, that's actually a good lesson. The things that are consecrated to God, because we don't use them properly. Uh, we'd be guilty just as Achan was. But uh, uh, there's other things that we can take of God's, uh, such as in Acts chapter 12. You know, the glory belongs to God, and the praise to God is his. In Acts chapter 12, verse 21 through 23, we read about Herod, how he put on his royal robes, took a seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his, breathed his last. Well, you know, a good example of someone doing that right was when Peter went to see Cornelius in Acts 10. Uh, when he came in to see Cornelius, Cornelius bowed before him. And Peter raised him up and said, no, 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 I'm just a man. Uh, you know, he understood that this type of worship and glory belongs to God. That's who we are supposed to give it to. Herod did not do that. He wanted the glory for himself, obviously, and so he got punished for that. So how might we steal from God today? Well, we can take his glory. We can take his things. Uh, there's a, a lot of things that we can do. One passage that comes to mind is in 1 Corinthians 6 and 18 through 20. When he says, flee from sexual immorality, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual, sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. If we're not glorifying God in our body, then we must be stealing from him because we've been bought with a price. We don't belong to ourselves. 
So we have to give glory to God. And in this case, if we're out there practicing uh, sexual immorality, we don't have authority for such a thing. We're not bringing glory to God. What are we doing? Well, we're stealing from God. We can only use our bodies for what the Lord has authorized us to use them for. They've been bought with a price. They belong to God. And so we have to make sure that we, <laughs> we, we behave ourselves. We have to make sure we don't, are not out sinning. Because if we're out sinning, then we're stealing from God. We don't have the authority to use our body in such a way. So that's the, the point I'm trying to get is that we can steal from God. We can steal from God by using ourselves in a way that we don't have authority to do, which would be sin. How about government? Can you steal from government? You know, Government seems awfully corrupt to me, and I'm not going to make a political commentary here. Well, yeah, I will. They just seem like they're bought off. I can't, I don't have evidence of it. It's just, you know, I can't think of anything specific. It just seems like every day you're seeing more evidence of these politicians who are being bought, and they just seem corrupt. And you have things that are happening all the time with, government officials, and it's very discouraging. But then again, this time of year, April 15th rolls around, I'm supposed to pay them money. I'm supposed to give them money, which they vote raises for themselves. And that comes from my money. Uh, they, uh, they, they keep coming up. They're sending money here. They're sending money there. I mean, they just write checks like there's no tomorrow. And then they come to me and they want me to pay for it. Well, according to Romans 13, 6 and 7, there's nothing I can do about it. Because the Lord said these government officials are his ministers. And he said, because of that, he goes, you pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, Honor to whom honor is owed. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to pay it. Just like Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's when he was talking about taxes, by the way, uh, back in the Gospels. But you may not like doing it. I don't know if anybody likes paying those taxes, knowing that they're going to be misused more than likely. But there's no wiggle room with the Lord. And so we have to pay what's owed them. So we better not be cheating on our taxes. And I know some people try to fudge on their taxes and they think, oh, that's not stealing. Yeah, it is. If you cheat on your taxes, you're stealing. You're stealing from what's owed to the government. And Jesus made it very clear. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And so we got to make sure that we oblige by that. How about our employer? An employee, uh, you know, you, you go to work, you work for somebody, you got a boss, right? That's your employer. Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 through 24 says, Bond servants, which are slaves, he says, Obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. 
you are serving the Lord Christ. Now, basically, they when you get interviewed for a job, they ask you these things. Are you going to show up on time? Are you, you going to work hard? Are you going to be careful about causing problems in the workplace? And are you going to follow our rules? I mean, they give you all these things. And, and most people, I mean, they agree to do it or they don't get hired. But it seems like, in my experience, after they get hired, they forget what they agreed to. They still expect to be paid, but, you know, sometimes you'll see them slacking. You know, I've seen people who work for some entity out in a car, a company car, and they'll be taking a, a nap someplace. Uh, not everybody works hardly as for the Lord. And I understand that may be the practice of the world, but the Bible makes it very clear. We're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we get hired to pay to work for somebody for eight hours a day, then we need to give them eight hours of our best. Make sure that we're bringing glory to God by doing so. That's what the Lord wants us to do. We do our work the best we can. We do it heartily as we're doing it for the Lord because we are serving Jesus Christ. If we give them any less than that, then we're stealing when we take the paycheck. Now, what about somebody who does work for you? Well, there's a number of passages that talk about this, but in Jeremiah 22, 13 says, Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper ruins by injustice, who makes his neighbor serve him for nothing and does not give him his wages. When somebody does the work, you need to pay them. That's the simple fact. When, if you hire somebody, pay the person. Make sure they get what you owe them because you don't want to be guilty of taking what belongs to them. Again, that's a form of stealing. Uh, you try to beat them out of what you owe them, that's a form of stealing. They've done what they get promised to do. You need to keep your promise and give them what you said you'd do if they perform the job. If you hold back any of it, you are guilty of stealing. And you'd have no right to tell anybody else not to steal. You'd be guilty yourself. And so that's another form where people sometimes think that uh, it's okay to do. Uh, I'll give you an example. Corporations, many times, they will hire subcontractors, smaller companies, to do work in whatever factory that they're at. And then to try to get paid by some of these companies, is uh, it just takes an incredibly long, long time. And what they do is they bundle that money and they put it into some interest-bearing account and they want to pay you with the interest. Uh, they, they don't want to pay you. And they know you're too small to fight them. And in that case, what they're doing is they're stealing from you. They're stealing your interest. And that's not, uh, that's not a good thing. Christians have to rise above that. We have to look peculiar to the world. And we do so by making sure we pay our bills. How about your mate? Can you steal from your mate? Well, in many ways, you know, you owe them uh, what you promised when you got married. You took an oath, and so you owe them. And you owe God as well. God's the one that joined you together because you agreed, uh, whether or not you agreed to or not, but it doesn't matter. If you got married, you agreed to uh, live by the rules of marriage that God has decreed. And so whether you're a husband or wife, you owe things to your mate. 
and it uh, is important that you make sure you don't cheat from them. Now, I'm going to use 1 Corinthians 7 because the, the language really fits this lesson. And it's going to talk about uh, the uh, conjugal rights. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3 through 5, Paul says the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So if you're out cheating on your wife, well, first of all, you sin against God because you're doing something you don't have authority to do. But also you're using your body in such a way for uh, that right here, you know, this is for the this is for your wife. That's not for somebody else's wife. Uh, you're supposed to be given that. That's that's her body. She has it. That's been given to her. Your body is hers. And so you're going to have to make sure when it comes to the uh, sexual uh, aspects of your life that you don't look for satisfaction elsewhere. You, you that's your job to satisfy your wife. And it's the wife's job to satisfy her husband. And that's, that's if you do it any other way, you're stealing. And you need to respect that. You know, if your, your wife may have a bigger sex drive than you, well, then you're going to have to satisfy her. That's your job. And I know it sounds awful to put it like that, but it's your responsibility. And so you need to make sure that you don't take from her something that belongs to her. And likewise, the wife to the husband. And he goes on to say, do not deprive one another. In other words, you should not, uh, you know, if, 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 if they're in the mood, you need to help satisfy them so they don't go out and sin. Don't let them get tempted to sin in such a way. All right. Our last point's going to be your brother in Christ. Can you steal from your brother in Christ? Boy, I tell you what, I've seen this happen a lot because Brethren in Christ, they owe each other. And Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 makes this very clear. When he said, let us, brethren, consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We're supposed to consider that. I'm supposed to stir up my brethren in Christ. I owe that to them. The Lord wants me to look to that. And in this case here, he says, not by neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So he's saying one way in which you consider to stir up one another to love and good works is by going to church. But if I skip church, let's say I want to go to cheese game instead, well, I'm stealing from my brother because I'm supposed to be there to stir them up to love and good works. And I am I'm neglecting that responsibility. Romans 12, 10 says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. I used this passage last Thursday night when I was uh, talking about that word preferring, meaning to lead. Uh, we're supposed to take the lead in this. Well, I'm supposed to lead my brother in being kindly affectioned toward him. And uh, he's supposed to do that as well. And so this is something that... Uh, that we should be doing. This means, you know, if, if somebody says something, they're a little cross, you know, we, we, we blow that off because we're taking the lead. You know, we don't get upset at the tiny little things that happen in life. We 
think the best of our brother and, and we keep trying to take the lead and being kindly affectioned. Uh, that's, I, I owe that to my brother and he owes that to me. And if we're in such an atmosphere, there's not going to be the strife that you see in some churches. And that's most, most sad when you do see the strife like that, but there shouldn't be that when people are uh, practicing brotherly love. First Peter three, eight, nine says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind. We are supposed to have brotherly love. We're, we owe that to each other. And if we're not giving brotherly love to our brethren, we're taking something from them that they need. And we need to make sure we don't withhold that. All right. Those are your five points to get you started. Now you can start studying for yourself. Think about other th ways in which you might be stealing that you're not familiar with. And uh, if you find you're lacking, you got time to make that change. Make it right. And that way, God's going to be pleased with you. Hey, if you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, come visit us. We are at 406 North Clark. We meet every Sunday at 930 for Bible study, 1030 for worship. Love to have you come and visit with us. We, uh, You can learn about the church by going to carneychurch.com. And if you like this lesson want to hear more like that, tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at uh, 7 a.m., and you will hear a lesson from God's Word. If you live outside the Kearney area, I would highly recommend downloading their uh, app so you can stream the uh, sermons. But uh, otherwise, if you have another way of streaming, they do provide that, so you can stream if you live outside of Kearney if you want to hear a lesson. Berean Spirits is a Bible study show that I'm on with uh, two other preachers every Thursday at uh, uh, 10 a.m. in the morning. Central time. All times I give is central time. And uh, Berean Spirits comes on at 10 a.m. and it's on Facebook and YouTube. You want to take part? You can. You can tune in by going to carneychurch.com, pressing on the Facebook, YouTube, or Berean Spirits app, and you can make comments in the comment section. And we try to uh, use those comments on the show. Now, if you like gospel preaching live, if you like Berean Spirits, but you would rather listen instead of uh, uh, watching, you can do that as well. You can download on Spotify or Google Podcasts, and uh, you can listen in your car as you walk or wherever you want to listen to the podcast at. Okay, that's all I have for you tonight. Hopefully, uh, Lord willing, I'll come to you again this Thursday at 7 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.